Hi, I'm Nick Allen, and I'm here with... Ryan Allen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of... The Outliers Podcast. Let's go. Hell yeah, baby. We're in this. We're right here. We're <laughs> hanging out. We're hanging out. We're in person, too, Nick and I. We're actually out from our own individual abode so that we can be able to hang out with one another and record a podcast. Yeah. Another high five for no reason. Let's go. It's nice not to be able to do, have to do this over Discord, where it's just like reading the voice and now now i gotta look at you yeah that, that that thinning that thin beard of yours thin beard thin beard you don't even have a beard to begin with i don't want to hear no shit talk from someone i don't need i don't need a beard is just makeup for men it serves the same purpose okay no no no, no. I, i'm willing to have a whole discussion with you on this on a different day but okay. i will take the stance that beard is not makeup for men but that's a discussion for another day today instead we are talking about something a little bit more near and dear to your heart. Well, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to talk about stand-up comedy today, and more specific, just like coming up with sets and stuff. I still consider myself an amateur. I've been doing stand-up for less than a year at the point of this recording. By the time we'll post it, it'll probably have been a year, because I started last February. February 23? 23. 23, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just thought it would be interesting to do one on like making jokes on like how it started out because i think from the beginning you were the one who i'd called and just be like hey am i funny and then just like say this please give me validation and knowing that i'm doing the right thing i would appreciate no it, it wasn't like that but no you're right like i was one of the people that did help out with some of the initial jokes and whatnot that yeah. were occurring here as well as like several other people that are in our own personal friend group here. Yeah. And also in your own. Though. And I think it's interesting to think about where the jokes come from. Because I've been asked before if, like, I wait for inspiration or any of that stuff. And I tend not to. Like, I just go out and do a lot of weird shit. So I get a lot of stuff to joke about. I also have a very fun family. So pretty much every Christmas is just new material. Like, oh, like, let's do this. But it's different from having, like, stories and having inspiration to sitting down and, like, writing the jokes. So I thought that would be, like, interesting to discuss. And as someone who I really rely on to, like, help refine... Writing half of your material and making sure that everything's spick and span. You're like the filter, too. It's like, hey, am I going to sound like an idiot? Eh, okay, wait, hold on. Let's not say that. I don't think I'm much of a filter, though, for some of the stuff that gets written. If anything, I could be an anti-filter. <laughs> I don't know about anti-filter, but there's definitely been a, a few jokes where I'm like, is this funny? You're like, do not say that on stage. <laughs> All right, so let, let's take it from the top with this whole like yeah, process of joke telling, the, the whole stand-up stuff and whatnot. Let's... Yeah, because there's like the back end that we were talking about before this. There's the back end of like, here's the fundamental jokes, and then there's the front end, which is like the execution. Let's start with the back end here first, because that's where everything happens, is the foundation. I, I guess take it away from your standpoint right here. You're the one that leads the charge with the back end of all this stuff because you're actually going out onto the stage on the front end and doing all these jokes. Yeah, and to be fair, most of the time when I come to you with jokes, I have the ideas set forward already. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are just like, oh, this is either a story that happened or there was a, a concept I got based off something that happened that I want to turn into a set. And then I talked to you. And that's what I did a lot in, like, stand-up club. Because I was at my, in my university, I would join the stand-up club. And we would have workshops where we'd work on jokes. We had the motto, 
Well, it was like, we turn ideas into jokes and jokes into better jokes, was what we would say. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, oh, maybe there's a story that I want to tell, or there's this funny idea that I have that would be good to do on stage. And the sets that I do will vary between between the two. Like, uh, like one of my favorite yeah. sets, the one I, one I know by heart the most, is probably like my Dick Enlargement Phil set. And that, oh, that, I, that Jesus Christ. That, that, was, that was a joke <laughs> and a half right there. <laughs> and as somebody who's never needed I just loved, like, it was a concept that I really thought was funny. I like how you just had the preface that you said you'd never need it. Like, yeah, yeah. no, audience, <laughs> please, I swear to God, I've not used them myself. This is not a personal experience. I'm just, I'm third party, well, not involved. i no <laughs> i think it's a funny concept because you sometimes you'll see those ads where it's like oh yeah you grow, grow and it's much but it's like that's if that stuff actually worked that would be in every pharmacy in america like <laughs> and it also costs a lot more than what it costs at the gas station so here with a joke like that mm-hmm. the unique thing that you said earlier when it comes to joke telling I said that there's a sort, there's the idea, like that's an idea based joke set. Yeah. Was like, here's a funny idea, and let me expand on that, make jokes off the expansion. Mm-hmm. And, and that's partially because I'm a writer. Like, that's how I interpret things. Cause when I write stories, I have interesting ideas and expand on them. Yeah. And then that's also my brand of comedy. I'm also going to be doing more storytelling. You like to lean on when it comes to your own abilities to tell a joke, whereas opposed to other comedians, they may be more slapstick some of the stuff that yeah. they say you like to let the story do the comedy for you yeah as, as opposed think, to hitting the one-liner every single time mm-hmm. and i was not one to listen to a lot of comedians before getting into stand-up and even then it's more of a recent thing like i saw the shane gillis netflix special recently <laughs> that was a special right there. i love that Shout one. Out to shane gillis by the way that was a special nap and looking at that set you know he had his ex's navy seal ex-boyfriend and it's stuff like that where you have comedy that's inspired by real life but then you also have like jimmy carr who is a lot more of a slapstick kind of humor mm-hmm. i've listened to him on a podcast he's very insightful for someone who makes slapstick abortion jokes like i would not have expected someone to have such clear articulate ideas on comedy because he talks about you learn verbal dexterity and public speaking, like those are its skills. But then you see him on set and he's like making all these jokes on abortion and abuse. It's like, oh, I didn't expect that. Well, I feel like also too, when you go to such staunch topics such as abortion and the likes of which, topics that can be real hard-hitting for a lot of people in the social climate, like either here in America or in some other country like the UK, which is where Carr is from with the whole abortion stuff. Yeah, You have to be able to accurately articulate a lot of things that you say or else you could get flack onto your back which can also lead into another thing with writing some of these jokes on the back end here how do we write this stuff in a way to where you don't get like ridiculed by everyone in the social climate after the fact because if you say one wrong thing and that could be the end right there you could just go the Matt Rafe way, and it's like, oh, when people are offended, you send them links to the like special needs helmets. Dude, that was wild when I saw that online. Oh my god, that that, that was pretty savage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I thought that was I couldn't help but laugh. Like I wouldn't respond the same way, but uh, I I thought that was funny. Uh, uh, that, that was completely funny. But, too. Plus, I think too, it was also a little bit warranted through the conversation. But that's that's here or there. But like 
I can definitely understand that because uh, my brother's gay and a lot of the stuff that I'll do, because I'll go to gay bars and stuff with him just because, like, you know, I love hanging out with my brother and it's actually pretty fun to go, even as a straight guy who has no interest in other men. Are you sure about that? <laughs> are you sure about that, Nick Allen? <laughs> You're not making a cover story here now, are you? The point is, the point is that I am put in interesting situations mm-hmm. as a straight guy in gay clubs and... There's a lot of humorous situations I find myself in, but it's the idea that I make jokes based off, here's the circumstances I'm in as a result of this predicament, but it's making it clear that I'm not trying to be offensive to the LGBT community. It's like You're just talking about personal experience. Yeah, it's personal experience. Like It's awkward to be a straight guy in a gay bar being hit on by a gay guy and be like, oh, like, I, I almost, it almost feels weird saying, rejecting him saying I'm straight because at that point it's like playing Among Us. It's like, oh, I feel like the imposter here. I feel like if anything, if I was to do that, I've never been to a gay bar, but I feel like if I were to do that, I'm like, one, my confidence would go up because goddamn. Unless got, somebody hits on you, then you're just like, oh. No, 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 because here's, here, in my mind, I feel like I, that I would think at that moment, oh, I got options. I'm not, gonna, not I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna utilize those options however those options are there like yeah. i feel like i would feel like a, how a woman does with options at that point i have a pretty good time when i go because it's not like everyone's hitting on you it's like oh you get to talk to people they're all really friendly like I, i've met people in like relationships it's really <laughs> chill um even like being on the dick the dance floor is pretty cool because that that's the one time you'll know everyone knows how to dance you go to a regular club and like you know with normal like white guys and chick they know how to yeah. dance the gay guys know I'm how paying, to dance i'm a little bit of a two-step right there when i'm doing my own dancing <laughs> you know how i roll but that tangent aside in the back end of making those jokes it's setting up a preamble of making sure i'm speaking from a point of mutual respect or like showing that i am not trying to be offensive yeah you're just more so laugh at situations that could be considered funny mm-hmm. like like with my brother. a different like sort of viewpoint yeah and like we have an episode with my brother on here he's getting his black belt in jujitsu and as some as his sparring partner it puts me an interesting you know perspective because like damn if he hits me that's just normal but if i hit him it's a hate crime so it's very it's a very unique situation yeah, yeah. to to kind of touch on and that's what, that's one of the great things I love about comedy because it's all from my perspective. Like, I can tell someone else's jokes. It'll never be as funny and it'll never be as well executed as the person who made the joke because it's from their experience. There are some jokes I love to tell from other people because it's like, oh, here's just a transversible joke, but I could never do the, the set the same way. One thing that I think we should also touch on as well with doing this whole back-end stuff is whether or not the jokes that get told are like you said, like a lot of the stuff that you talk about is story based and it, it leans on personal experience. Mm-hmm. So except for the dick and lodgement ones. <laughs> except for the dick and lodgement. Are ones. you sure about that? But are you sure about that? But that that's one I love because it's like the idea that I put forward and that I find really humorous. And it's comes to like people having their own sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. So but in terms of like those own personal experiences and whatnot, I think it leads into the question how much of it should be exaggerated or if at all to be able to elicit an, a reaction that you want out of the audience. My dad always says, don't don't let the truth get in the way of a good joke. Uh, uh, he says that, Isaiah. Uh, that was something I struggled with in the beginning because I'm one who likes to tell stories as they happened. 
but as I worked on my sets more, it's like, ah, I can't tell the truth here because the truth isn't as funny or it just makes me look bad. <laughs> I'm, but uh, juggling the moral compass with that one right there, eh? Well, it's okay because I'm getting inspiration from these stories and then editing them so that they're funnier to tell in front of the cut. Like, this is what I was telling you earlier uh, with your nut allergy. The longest time you told me is like, oh, you got to inject the uh, epinephrine in the thigh. Yeah, the, well, on the outside area of the thigh. Okay, yeah. yeah that's where you, uh, you never told me it was thick enough to go through jeans. For the so for the longest time, I thought if you were about to die from a peanut, I would rip your pants off and then inject your thigh. Maybe I wanted something to happen, Nick. You ever think about that, damn it? I'm kidding. No, I'm not like that. But, but did you ever think about that, damn it? But it's a funny concept. So then it's like, let me exaggerate and put this, here's the situation I'm putting forward. You were having a, an attack at a party, and I'm like, let me save your life. Pull out the pen, rip your pants off, and save you. Everyone's confused where I ripped your pants off. Show my mermaid boxers in front of everyone on site as well. Like, what's this dude doing with the other dude right there by his crotch? <laughs> Looking like he's jerking him off from his I, outer thigh. I know, because I, I think it's so funny, the idea that you are about to die. You're about to meet God. Oh, that's and my, so funny, yeah. And my, no, no, and my first instinct is to immediately suck you off from everyone else's perspective. What are you doing? This is not how you save someone from anaphylaxis, Nick. The fuck is going on? My boy's going out, having a good time. But um, I think that's a funny... And then, you know, there's that idea I'm putting forward and then making a joke off that, saying, now everyone is in front of me pretending to have a heart attack. Being like, oh no, Nick, come save me. And you just hear like the unzipping of the belt. <laughs> All right, so but, that's all the work on the back end. Okay, now I'm going to want to do more episodes on this kind of topic of making jokes later on. Yeah. Because I'm speaking as an amateur who, you know, and I, I say rely on you because we're friends and we're able to have this kind of funny dialogue. Yeah, where... uh, this is all funny dialogue on the back end. Yeah. Right now, we haven't even yet gotten into the front end of this entire discussion. But the the back end, like, because in this sense, because I'm I, I'm planning on doing a lot more reading on like books and stuff on like here's how you make jokes about topics and all that. Because I, I I haven't read them yet, but I have like a comedy bible and the serious guide to joke telling, both of which I'm planning to get through in a few months, and then maybe we can revisit this topic. Because right now, the kind of jokes that I've made and that I think have done really well for me is because when I'm talking to you, my uh, close friend who knows me, we can have this back and forth dialogue where we kind of just like joke around and say this funny stuff that I can then write down and be like, because I could put forward that idea like, oh, you know, and going going into Anflex is taking your pants off. Then you could be like, oh, what if something else is happening at the same time? And then we have that freedom to kind of branch off and make jokes off of that. Yeah. And then that does transition to the front end, because the front end, what we're discussing here is execution, because you can have a perfect script with good jokes. No one will laugh if you don't have the right execution. And that's why I say no two comedians can pull off the same sets the same way, because they have a specific execution based off. It's based on multiple things, mostly off personality, but you also yeah. have like appearances and stuff that go into that kind of execution so with the whole appearance stuff as well does that lead into maybe the crowd having some sort of like expectation from what the comedian may be about to say mm -hmm. or am i just thinking outside the box here with this kind of so 
not necessarily how to say, but it plays in. Like, for example, going back to the Shane Gillis special, he makes that one joke. He's like, oh, I wish people feared my penis at some point. Because he, he was saying his ex-girlfriend dated a black guy. It was like his biggest fear. And then he's like... I say that with the utmost respect. Like, I wish an entire race feared my penis. And then the next joke was, the only time women fear my penis is in a parking lot. And that's because he kind of has, he's not, I feel this this feels mean, but he's not the most no. attractive person. And he can be like, oh, I can play into that kind of creepy expectation. Well, it also helps to that he does physical stuff on stage. To more so elicit more of a reaction out of the audience as well with appearance and performance yeah. on the front end. How he presented himself when he was telling that joke, he was moving his body in certain ways. Like when he said, women only fear my penis in the parking lot. You you saw how he moved when he, when he said that joke. Yeah, yeah. He, he punched over, arms down, just like, eh. That's another thing. Body, body language is a big one. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, like, Matt Rafe. Matt Rafe is a, is a very attractive... I, I'm saying this as a straight guy. He's a very attractive man. Are you <laughs> saying you would suck him off in the gay club? Only if he's having an allergic reaction to peanuts. Let's go. Hell yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> But that's why his jokes are like more, you know, like the red flags and conversing with the audience because mm. he has that very personable personality. And you can also look at John Mulaney, which it makes sense given, you know, his going into rehab, but he's very frantic on stage. He's very much moving around. He, ha he has those fast changes in pitch. And it's very funny because it's his style. That's how he moves. And that's kind of the, one of the big things a, a comedian has to learn. At least that's my understanding as an amateur. I have to understand my own style. Well, it, I think as well, too, it's not just like the style, but also the type of joke that gets said as mm -hmm. well when you're going to convey it and whatnot. Yeah, like what's the back execution? I think that's where your personal feelings towards the matter should come into play like oh should i feel embarrassed should i be excited should i be angry yeah that's where you're towing the line right there trying to figure out the crowd when you're working and all that well the crowd should know what you're feeling towards the subject you're discussing is so like if i'm doing the set on you know where i'm pulling your pants off and i realize oh i didn't need to do that the proper reaction the uh, that the audience would expect is oh i'm very embarrassed and it's just like oh why did i do that <laughs> And then now I'm just sitting here on my knees, staring at this dude's <laughs> thigh, holding a needle in for a solid ten seconds, while everyone around me is wondering whether or not I'm gonna pull the trigger here, and actually do the forbidden actions at the house party. Uh, let me, then I transition into the next joke, where I'm like, I wish my friends would stop faking medical emergencies in front of me, and it's like they sound a little bit annoyed, like this is a persistent issue. Where my friends are like, oh, if I die in front of Nick, I'm gonna get some head, so let me just fake a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> that was a sentence I've never thought I, I would not, say in my life. That is one that I didn't think would even come out here in today's discussion. Like, I knew you were going to talk about the whole dick enlargement pills in the gay club stuff, but that one, that was just, that was out of left field right but, there, man. All right. But, uh, to the dick enlargement ones, that's one set where it's funnier the more desperate and invested I sound in this being real. Like, the more angry I sound at the fact that dick enlargement pills don't actually work, the funnier it is. Yeah. Or, like, the... Um, the joke that we have where I'm like always like, please, like whenever there's a girl there and it's like, yeah, oh, I wish I could get her. Please, the more desperate I sound, the funnier that execution is. Mm -hmm. 
And that all goes into being able to properly convey how to do a joke on the front end. So, so to wrap up everything right here with the back end. With the back end, it's, you know, no two comedians can tell the same joke. You have to use your sense of humor and say, here's what I find funny and let me deliver this information in a succinct way. And then that leads into the front end is how do I deliver this information? And all of that goes into like body language. How, what is your tone towards the information? Are you sounding angry about it? Are you happy? You know, those different things will factor into the execution of a, of a joke. And I'm speaking as an amateur who relies on the funny stuff he says with his friends to say, hey, let me write this down and capture this execution in this moment because as someone who has seen me drunk you know i'll get on like random rants and it can be very funny because it's being in the moment and focusing on what it is you're saying and letting that kind of emotion show you like physically in your voice and that's not even true for all comedians you have some comedians who are very monotone and it works very well for them but so it's again it goes into their own personal brand of humor and keep in mind too this is all us talking about the back end and the front end that's the what and then the how we're not talking about going from the what and then into the practice i think the practicing for the jokes and whatnot that could be a conversation for another day but for now there you go this was like a very niche conversation on joke formation and the differences between how do you make the joke whether it's the inspiration whether it's your stories or your ideas Versus the execution, how do you play that joke on stage? And I think this would be a good point for me to say, with capping off this conversation, do not pull down my pants if you're going to inject the EpiPen into my damn thigh, people. You can stab the needle through any sort of clothing. It does not matter, unless you're wearing some sort of like Kevlar or something like that. You can stab the EpiPen through the jeans and through the boxers and through the sweatpants, okay? And hold it for 10 seconds. Counterpoint, counterpoint. It would be really funny for you to wake up in the hospital wondering why you're in the underwear. Well, unfortunately, I think I would be awake for the entire occurrence of the anaphylaxis, but that's a story for another day. Until then, I have been Ryan Allen. I've been Nick Allen. And thank you very much for listening to another questionable episode of the Outliers Podcast. Okay, have a good day, everyone. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.